there was a kind of like an effort you had to take and that was part of like the joy of going to a vegetarian restaurant sure and then like burger king it like it broke some kind of like you know broke made it was some kind of breakthrough because like it didn't have to be a search anymore and like in a, it was like anywhere you go there's a burger king true so there was like it, even then it felt like the place you search out or burger king so and now like it feels like the scales tipped where like vegetarian hamburgers are so ubiquitous what does it do to the allure of going to the mom and pop place and getting their veggie burgers? Burger King is to vegetarianism as Spotify is to finding out about punk records. Yeah. Oh, I was expecting that somehow uh, the I agree impossible with that. whopper would be Sonic Youth or something in there. <laughs> yeah. I mean. We well, we with, just we and why are we bothering so, anymore with them? I thought this is maybe what we were leading to. It's both. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I feel like I'm it's both, you. right? Like it's like, like on one hand, it's nice that like veggie burgers are widely available everywhere, Burger King and every other fucking chain. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, it makes me not care in a certain way anymore. I mean, these kids don't know how good they've got it. I don't want to like make it like that, you know. No. Um, this sounds like a me, version of like you weren't there, maybe. You wow. weren't there. You didn't know how hard it was when I had to find out my. I took out. I whipped out my tofu toll booth to find out <laughs> where it was, or I put in my dial-up modem to get on Purple Cow <laughs> and figure out where the vegetarian restaurants were. And now these kids can just go wherever they want. And vegetarianism get a doesn't exist anymore, man. Vegetarianism died in high, when I was in high school. <laughs> you know what? Maybe it did. Maybe it <laughs> wow. did. Is, is vegetarianism dead? Wow. Are we? Are I we? Think, are we just? Know what? Plant, is it just plant based now? Nah, man. Nah. You know what I'd say? Conservatism is the new vegetarianism. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Do you even say you're vegetarian anymore? Or you just say you're plant based. Like oh, I've I'm never said the term. I don't think I've ever said the term plant based. I just heard I just you said say it a few it. seconds ago. Yeah. <laughs> I saw you. I saw you, there was a little a little tick as you said it. <laughs> it's a yeah. Have either of you ever referred to why, yourself as plant based? No. Do people do that? Like I'm plant based. I mean, yes, definitely. Definitely. Welcome to Docs Till Death, the podcast where old punks are talking about punk documentaries. I'm Jeff Garlock. I'm Pete Zetlin. And I'm Matt. I'm losing. Plant-based. I'm, pl- pl- yeah, I'm Matt. <laughs> Plant-based since 2000. Vegetarian from 1994 to 2021. I was going to say, I should have said that I was PETA. Zetlin. Oh. We are covering. I was about to say, Pete, what year is it? And maybe it actually came out a different year. But I I'm act- gonna it say, did, but I don't. I couldn't remember. Okay, I, I actually don't remember the name of this completely clearly. It, like I keep wanting to call it like. Go ahead. Right. I mean, I only remember. Well, no, I would always get the year wrong and feel like confused even when I was in junior high. But we are watching 1991, the year punk broke, which came out in 1992. That's what I thought <laughs> exactly. <laughs> This is, of course, the VHS that we all bought, at least me, because we thought, oh, this would be cool to see uh, some Nirvana footage uh, and apparently maybe learn about punk, I guess. And then instead, got a lot of Sonic Youth. This came uh, out it came out on Christmas Eve in 92. Almost didn't even make it to 92. It was almost 93. 
Is oh. that right? Uh, well, there you go. Too late I, even for a stocking stuffer. What are you doing? What are you doing? Right. For, uh, well, that, that was is, that, that is, was the that's theatrical. Pump that was right theatrical. There. VHS uh, okay. didn't come out till '93. Is that right? Ah. That's what they tell me. Uh, well, we do, we don't know stats, but it was made by Dave Markey. I think I'm saying his name right. Um, Looks like he. It. He, uh, I, I actually realized I had this in the back of the chair. What? He, uh, he, <laughs> what it, is going on? Is that why you went upstairs? No, I can't even there. see what's happening with this bag. I know. Just keep terrible. Look, I've got this bag. As I, <laughs> okay, so if Matt so would hold is, it still, it's a It's like black, being on a Zoom with my mom. Maybe what it's is a going black, here? <laughs> black tote bag. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's got something in white. Of course, on this, this, this audio terrible. medium, if you could see this, maybe we could even put a cl- little clip up of this on our Instagram from the Zoom of Matt not understanding how Zoom works. But still yeah, so it says we got power. What exactly are we looking at? We Got Power is, according to this um, limited edition tote bag, <laughs> is a hardcore hardcore punk scenes um, from 1980s Southern California. So We Got Power, the book by David Marquis and Jordan Schwartz, the two guys who made who had a zine in it, like the early L.A. punk scene. Okay. Um, Still can't see they, anything yep, you're showing us. Keep right. showing <laughs> us the black corner of the bag. Looks good. Well, anyway, a couple of years ago, Bazillion Points or whatever the, um, made they they did an uh, they they did a, a collection of anthology collection of, of all of the the uh, oh, okay. of all of the issues and uh, the limited edition version came with this tone bag. And, oh. uh, Still. So anyway, every time love bazillion like, points. Uh, we'll take you as a sponsor. Ian yeah, Casey, so, you got a good publisher. So Dave Markey was one of the uh, two guys who who ran that zine, and then in the early '80s he made a movie called like what was it called the Slog movie or something like that. It was like basically a, a foot like a uh, like a movie like a 55 56 minute yes. movie that had like black flag footage, Red Cross footage, all the stuff. Um, it had like I think. I think it's it's one of the most famous things about it is it's like it features the live perform the first live Black Flag performance with Rollins as the singer. Okay. Um, but he's and then he made a couple like you know super low budget films. So he's he 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 he, he transitioned from zines to making movies, but the entire time you know stayed within punk and, and even here you know like um, one of the one of the things that you you that comes off about um sonic youth here that doesn't come off in many places is their is the connection to punk like to the like early american hardcore from right. jay from jay mascus being in the mix you know to um some of the shirts they're wearing to the germs you know uh, uh seven inch being held up by for no good reason at one point um by thurston so agnostic front reference oh yeah that's right yeah agnostic front and someone else right like he he says we're not some some other band he says there too might have been the germs or something but in any event um steve shelley just being there but all that like dave marquee it kind of like is part of that so it it kind of gives you like a it creates a kind of weird dissonance with the name of the movie because you've already alluded to jeff the year that punk broke you think you're going to watch a movie about punk Mm. and you know, by by many accounts, there's not really a lot of punk in here. Um, wow. But Dave Dave Markey, you know, comes from the world, and some of these other guys do too. Which, and yeah. I will say, I mean, we'll get into it more. But like on his end, uh, 
he cre he found and kind of gave us honestly a lot of uh the iconic images from that specific mm -hmm. world of uh reading festival alternative essentially yeah. like because like when you're watching it you're like oh i've seen this I've seen this clip. Yeah. I've seen this clip. I've seen this bit in this Nirvana video. Oh, this is all the Nirvana video. Oh, this is like, like, and, and the, the imagery, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like you've, uh, uh, he does grab onto what became some of the kind of lasting imagery of those bands. And that kind of set up a, uh, kind of vision of what they are. Uh, you know, you're saying that, and I don't know if I, if I think of Nirvana, and I'm thinking, like, someone says to me, give me, like, what's, what's the mental image you think of when you think of Nirvana playing live? It is the, the it is him, it is Kurt Cobain in the white lab coat yep. running into the drums. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the first one that comes to my mind, and that's from this. And, like, second is Chris Novoselic wearing a purple shirt that I didn't realize until later was a Dinosaur Jr. Yeah. shirt. It's yeah. not just yeah. a purple yeah. shirt. Well, at first it was just a purple shirt oh. to little old Jeff, and then I realized who that band was when I saw them at Loud Blues '93, and I was like, "Oh, it's that band." <laughs> but like, it is those bits, like, uh, yeah, like, and and I mean, we'll get, we'll get into it too. Of like the, it is like kind of the structure of it. It is interesting that like the guy had an eye for that good imagery because yeah. none of the almost none of the music matches to that imagery mm. you know like you, there's a lot of times where you're like wait a second there's still guitar like kurt's done with his guitar mm -hmm. it is giving you know, a young impressionable me at that time like the imagery of like oh this is what always goes on kind of in every show and this is what i should be expecting uh, before right. i had ever seen any of this stuff live right um uh yeah i mean with this like was this it was i the only one who had actually watched this before yeah, I, this I've, time I I think, like you were saying, there's definitely I've seen a, some. I mean, I've seen most of the the Nirvana clips, probably right. some of the Dinosaur Junior stuff, um, but I'd not seen this movie before. Um, now I know why. Well, on that Whoa. note, <laughs> so two things to say is one, you can actually go online and find Dave Marquis' tour diary mm -hmm. of like his daily tour diary from when he was filming this. Huh. It's not super elucidating. It's not super like elucidating. It's just right. like having fun, good show. <laughs> Sonic Youth didn't play well today. They played better today. At the end of it, like everyone's hanging out and partying. I'm fucking tired. I'm not hanging out with them anymore. You know, like right. it's really just like daily grind kind of stuff. But it's interesting nonetheless. But then I don't think we've mentioned it. But like again, it's another thing you alluded to, Jeff. Where a lot of Sonic Youth and the thing to say about this was, um, it was I. Th believe conceived of as a sonic youth video project like it was a sonic youth project that was the starting point he was there for sonic Youth. he was there for sonic youth which makes sense mm -hmm. um the, the 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 tour happened less than uh i think I, th I think i believe it's six weeks before uh smells like teen spirit blew up okay so in any event if it was six weeks or six months, I'm pretty sure it was like a matter of like under two months between when this footage was shot and when Nirvana just completely exploded. And like for our young listeners, oops, we don't have any. They know what, you know. Uh, <laughs> very few, very few. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Um, Listener, where were you when Kurt Cobain died? Uh, oh, you weren't born? Great. You don't know who they are? Really cool. <laughs> no, but so so the, you could think, regardless if it was six weeks or six months, it was a short period of time. And as Peter already kind of attested to, this movie comes out way after Nirvana blows up. So right. there has to have been some creative re-editing, refiguring of what this movie was. Yeah. You know, and like, uh, so you can see I maybe there was going to be no footage of the other bands or maybe there was going to be limited footage. But like, you know, Nirvana kind of leapfrogged even Dinosaur Jr., right? Like Dinosaur Jr. was on a major first. Mm-hmm. Um, they had, oh, they were, they, they were a, like a longer lasting band, more of a name. But then was it Nirvana has three or four songs here? Like, you know, like, yeah, yeah. It's more songs than anyone other than Sonic Youth mm-hmm. still. Mm-hmm. And Sonic Youth was the band that brought, you know, at least gave uh, Nirvana cover to feel like they can sign. Because they're on the same label. Right. You know? Yeah, um, right. So, so, Geffen DGC. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember. Dinosaur wasn't on Geffen, uh, wasn't on that subsidiary, right? I don't think so. They don't have a prize or something. Or app. Oh, were they? On, Pete, on you what? should be knowing this. Reprise. I feel like there was like a. They anyway, it, it, what, I can't remember. I don't think it was. I don't believe it was Geffen. I could be wrong, but like I don't remember that. I'm gonna look it Everyone's up. Everyone's looking. Um, I'm looking. I did want to say about Dave Markey because um, he's got some overlapping other scenes that that sort of have we've well we haven't talked about, but he was in American Hardcore, um, but I don't know when, and then. We'll probably do Ouija Meccano, but he's in that um, right. as well as in – he was in Suburbia. And I didn't know, but he was in a band that was on SST called um, – Right, Painted Willie. I saw it was called Sin 34. But, well, Sin 34 was not on uh, SST. They were a, a L.A. band, like a young band that he was in. That I think they put it out on – the, the, his own label um they repressed it maybe 10 years ago yeah okay. their lp um and but after that he 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 and one of the other guys from uh the band joined started painted willie who toured with black flag got it by the way dinosaur jr was on sire sire, sire. not reprise blanco sire. y negro oh yeah slash sire okay yes some sub label at first uh yeah, I mean, I the the it is interesting to this thing. So, like, I will also say, you know, we kind of we cover documentaries. In some ways, this this one was one where I was like, is this a documentary? Mm. Exactly, um, and it is. It more falls into the category of you know, if we're getting into subcategories as we can with punk yes. uh, and hardcore, but a tour documentary. Yeah. Uh, in that, it's not real. It's loose. It's just like it's a lot of like live footage interspersed with uh, Thurston Moore dicking around, yeah. basically, and then dicking around backstage with everyone else. Th- this was shot as a Sonic Youth tour video. It's a tour video, right? And one thing I'll just say there is that like, an, a, like a comp that we have that we watched last season would be the Strife tour doc. Yeah. And if if nothing else, by virtue of that comparison, it shows you how – quality this is how how like how cool the 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 camera work is and how it even though pete's right like it it's not a documentary like i mean that's like it does have 
it's not unentertaining to watch. It's deeply no. frustrating to watch. But the strife video was painful. If you know, what I mean, like as an outsider, you couldn't watch that as an outsider. So the thing, I'd, two things I wanted to say about just like follow up on what you guys are saying is one, this is a, conceived of as a band documentary or band tour video prior to Nirvana blowing up. Mm-hmm. And I say that because like because what Nirvana brought in was like kind of they. they in addition, like they really made the record label scramble, right? So it's like this, like anti-star quality, star quality kind of thing. So Sonic Youth is this weird, has this weird legacy. They're both like the new rock and roll for the major labels, the new that the, they're the new sound, but they're still being marketed in that in that post. I'm sorry, that pre-Nirvana way, where like they're characters in the band, and you need to know them as these kinds of characters. And in that context, Thurston Moore is playing the part very well, right? Like he he comes off as like, you can see it almost like he thinks he's, in one hand, he thinks he's doing some like Mick Jagger energy or some like, you know, old school rock and roller kind of energy. And on the other hand, he thinks the format reminds me a bit of like a skate video, you know, tricks, Mm -hmm. then cuts. So like, I can almost imagine Thurston seeing himself as like, where he thinks he's both like the sort of like carry like carrying forth tradition, but also like the guy who's disruptive and all this shit. Like it, like I feel like he thinks he's carrying forth a no wave Spalding gray energy, but he also is what he, oh, kind of he's a rock guy though. to me. Yeah, for sure. For sure. His, his specific. So yes, his specific a disposition Lower side, uh, experimental theater, like no wave mm-hmm. Spalding gray monologist in his affect, yes. but in the, in the way in which it's so centered on the star quality of him, like we should give a shit it. That's what I mean by it's, it's pre Nirvana, right? Like right. just the idea that he's like the lead singer in some band somehow justifies all of his banal, annoying shit. And it doesn't. No. It was the odd disconnect that I don't think is revisionist. I know is actually not revisionist history. It is how I felt when I first got it, where it was like, I'm getting into music. I don't know what I like per se just yet. This this VHS looks very cool to me. And at the same exact time, Thurston Moore is unbearable. Like and 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 like me and like Jay from Orkin Panthers, like we would watch it and be frustrated by it. <laughs> like we'd watch it a bunch and not even like in like watching it too. I was like amazed how much of it I didn't need to watch because it was so ingrained in my head, like of watching it so much. But and and I was feeling the same annoyance at the same parts. Because I, I, from the beginning, I think I just like I'd never when I was trying to get into like musically one on when I was trying to get into Sonic Youth, I could never get super into them. But there was also the extra weight. of, And that's a question I would love to not in a jerky way, but just get to the Sonic Youth ponderance as a whole. But the, uh, I've talked about before, it was around this time when he hosted that 120 minutes episode and it was him and Mike D and Beck. And it was the most mind numbing, <laughs> like the wor- like the like not being uh, hyperbolic, like the worst thing I had ever seen, the most annoying thing I had ever seen at my life at that point. Like listening it's to bad. all three of them, 
be them because Mike D's only talking through a kid's microphone and Beck is at the height of being quiet Beck and Thurston's doing his like, so what is your angular hate fuck like speech like patterns? And like as I said before, the only saving grace was a clip of Masana that they played and the Masana footage is unbelievable looking. Um, but it, yeah, it's just like, I was like immediately from the beginning where he's going a dance, a dance, a mucky fucky <laughs> dance, a stinky flinky. Da-. I was just like, we hated it from the beginning. Like in 90 fucking three, when I was watching it, that beginning yeah, so, sequence is so long. It and is that's painful. how the rest of it feels right. too. Wait, spell it out though. Well, I mean, the opening sequence is the the beginning credits. They're on some train tracks. I mean, it starts with Thurston, and he is rapping in a German accent. Well, uh, no, before that, he's harassing a baby for a few seconds. Oh, yeah, yes, then, yes. Like, and he harasses children numerous Kim times in this. And then Kurt and Kim are doing – are dancing. Kim Gordon. And, uh, but it's just so long, like so long. They're dancing on a train track. Yes. Holding up flowers. Cartoonishly doing, like, modern dance. You know, yes. like, they're doing a pastiche of, like, this is what, like, you know, modern dance is. And doing twirls and spins. and A dance. A dance. A mucky fucky dance. And, but it's, like, I it mean, went so long, I feel like if I was there, I would have, you know, maybe I would have danced for five seconds and be like, okay, this is over. He goes so long. It's, like, everything is a performance. Yeah. And he just doesn't, Which he is doesn't a summary turn of it Thurston. off. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's so many scenes where he is just sort of, I don't know, he's like, it's like spoken word poetry that's happening. It's yeah. just very hard to... So it's, You're I not just a back. duck. <laughs> You're a human! <laughs> yeah. It's, I, you know, I take, I don't take offense, but like I actually take, I pause when you say he's always performing because as... As faithful listeners will know, I'm a very big fan of people. Um, their social persona is just performance. Yes, but this, it but, is a oh, strange philosophy of Matt's, of course. <laughs> but this isn't this isn't that. You're too aware of like like of what like, you know. You don't see the performance. You see his aspiration is maybe my problem with it, right? Sure. He he wants to be seen in that one in that first scene. We're just gonna stay there as the crazy guy, the guy who's like this like poetic kind of like loose nut you know and he doesn't come off as a poetic loose nut he's like in, in that scene he might be like the, the third weirdest person of three people you know sure. a genuinely weird person because kim gordon is like comes off in this as like legitimately weird like a strange sense of humor that doesn't really connect to people <laughs> right. kind of awkward you know and, and that's all kind of weirdly endearing you know yeah. and kurt cobain looks like this like like what we know of him in in like in the in the following time is like kind of like a you know like a really talented um, songwriter who's under the wings of these people like again like all kind of weird dynamics. Thurston Moore is trying so hard to be the weird guy, the weird kind of like intellectual, and he's he's just uninteresting. But also at it's the like, time is like they're the biggest band out of these bands, or and the longest running. I mean. Maybe not the biggest yes. band, but I guess essentially. And so they're the biggest yeah. band out of all those bands yeah. in this. And so at that all point. these people are looking up to him as well. It's like, you know, Kurt Cobain is probably very excited to be on tour with them, a band that mm-hmm. he, 
I don't know. I don't want to say idolized, but I think looked up to. Um, yeah. And so he has all these people who are probably sort of fawning all over him. And he certainly, whether he's playing it up or if that's him, I don't know. There's just like so many quotes that are just, they're just annoying to watch and listen to. I just, I'm like watching and I'm like, this is a worse version of Robin Williams. <laughs> yeah. Like he's got, he's got like uninteresting Robin Williams energy. Hmm. Never thought about that. I don't know if I'd make that correlation. Um, he's the punk Robin Williams. Mm, There's some more. I don't know that I'd say that, but <laughs> he's the alternative Robin Williams slam Robin Williams. <laughs> I, I don't know if I have a comment about it. I, Robin Williams energy is so crazy. This isn't particularly grounded energy. No, but it's this like is, frantic. This is slacker. This yes. is slacker, right? Man. This is this very is slacker. Thirsty. Yeah, he's he's a slacker, Robin Williams. Okay, uh, okay. Um, where it feels a little bit like I mean, it's like Robin, but it's like the free form poetry person who like shouldn't be as confident in their free form as they are. So it's like an Alan. Alan <laughs> maybe it's an Alan Ginsberg, <laughs> Robin Williams mashup. Yeah, he he would. See, the thing is, he take would. T- you don't want to give him that because he would take too much pride. Okay. Be like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I am. I'm the rock. I'm like Alan Ginsberg and rock. Like, I'm the fugs gone mainstream. It's just like, right. ugh. <laughs> like, it just, even just saying that is like. Ugh. Okay, so to back up, because we've throughout the course of Doc's Still Death, maybe more so this season than last season, um, because we moved away from the chai peps. But where. Uh, not really putting Thurston into the mix, although he's part of Sonic Youth. Like, for the two of you, where do you land in terms of your like-dislike on a Sonic Youth uh, barometer? Indifferent at best. Okay. Why Sonic Youth for so many people? Like, why exactly... Like, what is it about? Like, I'm, and I can find the basics. Like, even before we start, I was re-listening to Dirty while we're eating dinner. And I was just like, I get the basics of why you would be, like, you know, like, it, it touches upon it's uh, noisy and it's heavy. And to some extent, heavy? sometimes heavy-ish. Like, <laughs> like it's it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the lighter, ver- it's the lighter version of the Lower East Side stuff. I was going to say a certain type of person like really is like really, really, really into Sonic Youth. But it like I'm surprised how wide it is after all this time from like college on. But I don't. And I it was more of a question I was going to also put to you two because I, I was just like, why exactly Sonic Youth? Like, what is it about Sonic Youth? There are not many bands that I tried harder to convince myself that I was interested in at different phases of my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I never really got it like you know when you're like is this like oh yeah they're on sst but they're also kind of like coming out of like the you know like you know glenn bronca school of guitar playing and shit so like these two things are coalescing in this band these two things are things i want together in a band but then you listen to the band and you're like maybe they're not things i want together in a band <laughs> yeah Pete. so you say I, I actually have a thought about what jeff said about them being having a little bit for everybody but i want to hear what pete has to say about like your relationship to them or uh i think i i i think i what you said resonates with me matt is that like i got dirty because i think i saw that video on probably 120 minutes or alternative nation um and that was my intro to them so i bought that and it was just like what is this 
and I the rest of the record. Yeah, I mean, I really tried to get into them. Then I bought Experimental Jet Set that came out whenever, and I was just like, this is still Worse. like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm. This is not getting me more into the band. Um, no. Was that when they like became just like a straight rock band? Like that was like after I kind of had Bull watched my <laughs> That was that one. Uh, oh, that's Bull in the yeah. Heather? Yeah. Okay. And then I just sort of dun, 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 dun. I stopped following dun, them and dun, dun, dun. I think I wanted to like them because I think they were in that world. And I went back and listened to the early stuff and yeah, I don't know that much of it resonated with me, but um I tried to go back to the early stuff. I mean, we definitely had friends who, you know, saw them as like the band i mean i feel like mark and paul were like those are the guys and there's some stuff that you know were good songs i mean i actually think there's parts of rather ripped which is like their second to last album that are catchy songs um but uh, is thurston singing along to the guitar parts in that one too? yeah um <laughs> i also think like they did they had those releases that all the covers look the same um oh right yeah i was like to sell that on discogs it was awesome i was i love that release. and i think there was something about the like what's the deal with this band uh but i mean i don't know if either of you, either of you saw them live but like yeah i saw them with i think the first time i saw them it was them and dinosaur jr and deep wound did a uh like a short set wow. and they were they played so long and it was it was painful it was just like stop like the meandering just sort of like experimental it it was it didn't work yeah something you said pete there about the like you bought dirty because you saw the video and it reminded me of the video and it reminded me that they are uh it's it's jason lee and um spike jones and they're the skaters and it's like um weirdly similar to the i think the song is about joe cole it um, is i didn't realize oh. that yeah. until this mm. i did yeah. not realize that i was like oh that's joe cole in the video and the right. 1991 year punk broke like yeah. there's a one shot of him like with a you know watching girl and I was like yeah, yeah with the girl and i was like oh yeah that's joe cole i recognize him more from photos with rollins right but it, it's, which it's, they weirdly make fun of rollins at one point <laughs> I don't remember that. There's like a weird little quick Rollins reference, hmm. but go on. I if, I mean, I think when I realized that that song was about Joe Cole, it's also it just seemed weird to be making like a major label song, you know, and then like about it's not about making the song, it's about having a video that replicates the di like what ha how the guy died. It just feels right. a little trashy. Especially when you consider the fact that that video was a skateboard video. Like that video came out around the time that kids came out. Right. Like when, when like skateboarding was like having like a real moment in like, you know, not in mainstream culture, but like things that were skate adjacent were selling very well. Like, you know, I'm like kind of like the, in the subcultural major label, major market space. And so here's, here's here. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say something insane. <laughs> Please um, do. Wait for this. Yeah. Is there much difference in terms of the um, motivation behind and the and the intended effect of of Sonic Youth having skaters be uh, the kind of like you know background or the the, the characters in Hundred Percent? Is there any difference between that 
or any significant difference between that and Avril Lavigne's Skater Boy? An argument could be made. Um, no, right? It's just like I, it's just some bullshit you're saying. That seems like insane. you know, I think like that is insane, Matt. Why? Why is it insane? Because I think that. I, this I, is my hot take. This I'm proud of this hot take. Yeah, it's thought, not bad. I was it's actually not bad. expecting <laughs> where you landed is not where I thought you were going to land. I thought you were going to land that. Is it equivalent to Burger King and the um, sure, Impossible sure. Whopper <laughs> that, it, that they've jumped the shark? Um, I don't. No, that was the best hardcore release of 2000 of 2018. Right, right. Pete, uh, yes, as as yes. already six guesses of what it was. Um, I <laughs> I don't know Avril Lavigne. <laughs> What? But <laughs> what do you mean you don't know her? I don't, what do you I don't know her. Are you Matt You've Moore? You've never heard man? that fucking song? No, no, no. I don't know her background. So what? What I'm trying to She's say a is that country singer from Canada. Yeah. So yeah. She Sonic Youth. I worked for her label when I, that record came out. Arista Records. Yes. So she, is, she. I know her background. You don't have to think too hard. Sounds about like it. T- sounds like Pete's being a hater boy. Not a skater <laughs> yeah. <boy>. Exactly. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that at least Sonic Youth. While they may not have been skaters, could appreciate and were sort of in the same circles as that. Whereas I think Avril Lavigne is a, you know, like who are you to uh, who are you to say that Avril Lavigne doesn't appreciate skating? And I mean, she is what like a fucking high horse. Is, I know she is Old a man. curated, not real. But that's what I'm saying. But that, Sonic Youth that, is that not that. curated. No, they all. What I'm arguing is that they're they're. Even if you're going to do like reenact Joe Cole's death, Joe Cole and Rollins in 1992 are not in big pants skater culture. That decision to put that as front and center in the video was a curated decision by either them or their them in coordination with their record label to appeal to a young certain market base. I would split the difference. Thank you. Here's right, what here I, we think. I think. Well, no, I think. I think what Pete is taking umbrage with is Pete's sitting there thinking, no, 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 they were involved in a subculture. What Matt is saying is not exactly that subculture. That part is kind of a marketed subculture. What I think is probably more of the case, they were friends with Spike Jones and Lance Bang, like that whole world, just like what slowly became that world and like – there's just the Venn diagram overlap. So what they're really coming from is truly like the Lower East Side, kind of like the no wavy scene. And but, uh, uh, you know, at the same time, enough that you know Kim Gordon was like, oh, but I like these things. I'll invest in this company and I'll do that. Like it's you know, I I I. But I I I would say more. I would guess uh, again, slightly even from working at a label that they weren't uh the label wasn't necessarily i could see the label not necessarily like creating it but not like fighting it like kind of sure. just being like you know it'd be good you know who'd be great for this oh you know it'd be cool you're friends with spike right have you met this guy like it's like this kind of like it a lot of times it, it, again from my memories of working at a major label it was a lot more of like f- uh fluid unnatural flu yeah synergy of unnaturalness like it was like (laughs) hiding the fact that they were trying to convince these artists to do this or this and so i could just see those moves happening so i do think like there's a little bit of like an in-between there i still i I still think exactly i get exactly what you're saying it is it really isn't that much of a crazy it is a crazy take i mean 
Hold on. You, I get your point. Here, but I get, but here's but, the th- I just have to say, Pete started this whole conversation with a very Matt statement of who is Avril Lavigne. <laughs> you know literally almost you're nothing about. Context. And you're, 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 I think you're approaching it. I'm not saying Matt's take is completely right, but I get what he's going, the basic concept he's saying. I think you're paper bag hardcoring <laughs> your viewpoints into your thoughts but on Avril like Lavigne. She probably did not write those lyrics, so someone wrote those for her. Like, it's much more curated. But this is the thing. It's curated, but again, I don't think just because – so, I mean, this gets into a deeper conversation about, like, when you're a striver, what it means to be friends with somebody. But, like, it's not a deeper – like, a conversation that we can't really bridge the divide. Because, like, think about, like, um, the the connection, right, and why, like, um, why they got – why Sonic Youth – chose to include those guys they chose to include those those guys because that scene was really popular and they don't get any shit from it because they were in the new york scene in the early 80s and got records on sst it's almost like those credentials allow them to kind of like smuggle it makes any decision that they make acceptable right like so let's like think about sonic youth they have the whole chuck d thing on goo right and yeah. like where it's like hip-hop is like breaking through it's cool so they do that skating cool 100 percent um yeah and then uh then kathleen hannah mm-hmm. um where they get shit because like it's like it's like at what point are you just not and then thurston moore like later on thurston moore's whole black metal thing where he publishes necro butchers you know, helps get Necro Butcher's biography published in the U.S. And sure. he's this arbiter of black metal. It's like, at what point isn't it just like, oh, I know these guys, so it's not really me um, just marketing their subculture, me using their subculture um, to make ourselves look cool, you know? And what, what at what point is it? Like, they're just, like, cashing in on their credentials, which kind of weren't really there in the mid-'80s from my point of view anyway. And, like, yeah, you know, I, I think I'm... I've said the point three times, so like, there's no way for me to say it again. But like, there's like a, a pretty clear lineage of them taking whatever kind of is cool and kind of seemingly edgy at the moment, and then basically wiring their shit through it. At some point, it's not just like, like what what is that? At some point, that's just marketing. At the same time, let me be the devil's advocate, but also leads to a little bit of what I was saying, and still to that question of like, why exactly Sonic Youth? And I and think kind of yeah part of i think it, this is that point i think part of it is still that it can kind of like hit in different ways to a lot of people like over the years but like yeah what would you say to the certain sects because i don't know what to say either they're like no 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 they're the ones who push the envelope like they're the ones that they're the ones that brought it they're the ones that were like uh uh, uh you know what i mean like there, yeah. there's i think there's a certain world there's a certain world of people who like uh I think Sonic Youth can work very well for people who like dive deep quote unquote into like underground music but not really. That's what I was about to say. You know? I was, I was, if they say that to me I'd be like you don't really listen to that much music. Right. Uh, uh that's kind of usually what it feels like it's like or Go just like yourself. in the nicer way I think sometimes <laughs> I've been yourself. trying to think. Get out of my face. <laughs> 
in the nicer way that I try to as like with years of therapy is just like you might just listen to music in a different way than I do. Like uh, because even I have that conversation with my wife just about music where she's just like you like a lot of the music you listen to like makes me feel aggravated and I don't need it to be in the foreground, but you want it to be in the foreground. Like it's like you're not passively listening most of the time to music like you're kind of more like actively listening. Yeah. And the percentages are lower when it's just like, this is just something I have on in the background. Like instead, she's for like, you, you're kind of doing it for other people. What? L low for you. Yeah. Low for me. High for a high. lot of other people, possibly yeah. Yeah. like where it's just like, I'm always kind of doing work, <laughs> like mm -hmm. listening to it um, with a because lot of music. To music because it's not back for you. It is not background music to have while you're going to the ex-girl shop and buying the new trendy top <laughs> yes. or the X or I don't want to sound sexist there or the X large store or In whatever. A sunset bungalow! <laughs> <laughs> you're trying too yeah. hard after a while where I'm just like, you're at dirty and you still are hitting that. <laughs> like, it's not even like comfortable in a, a tonal note. And I don't care. I'm not even talking about the, the guitar makes more sense, but like singing wise, it's always going to be an issue for me with a lot of that stuff where it's like, especially like something like pavement where I'm just like, just fucking sing a fucking something like this is so annoying. Uh, and that's just how too. I feel. It's a, it's too, yeah, it's too much of an affect. If you've been that long to, uh, uh, it's like, uh, the only saving grace for Pete's beloved dinosaur junior is that when you listen to Jay Vasquez talk, <laughs> not on stage you're just like there's no other way that you could sing <laughs> like this is just right. it just to continue a little bit just on the music aspect i think what and one of my biggest problems now i'm realizing is just it just never kicks in it never like and when it does you're just like it's kind of actually weak like like thurston share here's the thing too i'm just realizing thurston sharing masana makes me be like oh well, you're doing a shittier version of that. Like, yeah. this Masada footage you just showed is, like, really fucking intense, harsh noise. And your version is just, like, I don't know, missing some nuts. Like, and that's, like, the boredoms even more so. Like, there was, like, a, I remember a 30-second or a 10-second clip from the boredoms in fucking when they were on Lollapalooza on a 120 minutes. And legit having like being like where can i find this fucking boredom song because it was so heavy when it kicked in <laughs> like in what they were doing and the fact i'm pretty sure he's wearing a dri shirt and san uh, suntan goggles but that's just my little musical rant with them but like i feels like that was the part that allowed maybe the uh like our friends in college to be into them because they were like heavy not heavy that's exactly it like it goes from like little thurston moore centered vignette to, to song and the first song like even if we don't even like to leave the first 10 minutes of this movie right mm -hmm. i don't even know what the names of these songs are the only songs i like are all of the sonic youth songs i mean i wrote notes down i know like the last song i told you guys when i was watching it last night what's Express it called way uh, to your skull that song sucks yeah. like it just it's really hard to listen to seven minutes but, never kicks in yeah this the when first it kicks song in it doesn't <laughs> kick right. in it's like wait that's it but yeah when i was taking notes the the first song they played, do you guys remember what it was? Like, I actually wrote a note to myself. 
It's a schizophrenia. Uh, it's like, I just wrote boring. <laughs> it, I'm only it's looking the, at the list. The, I didn't know the names. <laughs> but I like whatever, boring. The first That's one good... they play is, it's it's one of their more tuneful songs, you right. know? Um, and it's, it almost comes like, has like emo strumming in it, you know, what would be considered that? But I'm like, as I'm listening to that one, Steve Shelley's a fun drummer. Like, he moves around a lot. He's yep. like a fun, he's a fun, in Sonic Youth, he's a fun rock drummer. He, he grounds the music. And he, but he, what he grounds the music in isn't like, you know, like kind of swans, tribalism. It isn't like, you know, like I was even, I, I don't listen to Dinosaur as much as either of you, especially Pete, but I know, like, I was surprised watching that footage where like Murph really goes for, like, he's really hitting the drums hard. You know, he's playing fast and hard on some of those songs, you know, and in contrast to Steve Shelley, who's just kind of like, doing interesting fills it's interesting right yeah it's never heavy but it's interesting drumming dinosaur jr you can see the lineage from hardcore like yeah and, and the heaviness it's it, dinosaur jr does the i don't know if either of you're familiar but the bass player from archers of loaf move where it's like that, right. like any live footage of archers of loaf you'll be and you'll be like this song's not even that heavy and like literally the bass player is playing like he's in mind eraser <laughs> or something yeah. and you're like what the fuck is this guy doing yeah. and probably he was in some hardcore bands but like he plays like he's not playing the song he's playing <laughs> like, is he in the band they playing the same yeah. song but yeah. yeah but uh but and then so in that song he's doing interesting tasteful fills and you know tasteful playing and and third and, and sorry and and uh, kim gordon is playing like you know, she she's playing a competent, tasteful drum uh, bass, yep. and then Thurston and Leonardo are doing what you're saying. It's like it's 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 weak dissonance. It's tepid, and it's 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 doubly tepid. It's tepid for one because they're it's Dolby tepid. <laughs> yeah, it, it's the, the the it's not harsh noise. It's 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 barely dissonant. It's just a little dis. It's just it feels out of tune. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's not like, but it, but that out of tuneness can register for somebody as, wow, that's dissonance. Is when, this why I never played with alternate tunings? Cause I knew that they did alternate <laughs> tunings and it was just like, fuck this shit. That's all they do. Right. And, but like the music is tasteful. Right. They just kind of try to tw twist it a little bit to make it seem a little different. They're not fundamentally unique, different, challenging song structures. Mm -hmm. Again, like Thurston just sings the guitar line. You know, it's like really, so I'm saying this is what lends them, I think, a lot of like fandom because right. you can say, you can look at them and say, here's an interesting, challenging band, but you're never really fucking challenged by them ever. Right. You're made aware of these like little kind of affects and that's the thing you're, and, and you're just made aware of it for the sake of being made aware of it. And it makes, I mean, it has like this reaction of like, oh, this is different. This is subcultural. That thing that feels put upon or put put on like as a put on is in some weird fucked up way. I think what is a lot of their appeal because the Sonic youth NPR Venn diagram right. is a concentric are concentric mm -hmm. circles. Well, I think cause it's like, you know, when, uh, you know, there was a period for me where it definitely was like a lot of these bands I would just kind of lump in as just like, all right, they're 120 minutes bands. Mm -hmm. They're any rock bands. That's just not my thing. I just don't listen to these things, but uh, if I can draw, like for both, if I'm thinking, I, I think it's something a little bit that you said that like one of my beefs has always been with Sonic Youth music is that when I learned more about music, they maybe 
felt even more kind of offensive to me because I was like, oh, your influences that you're pulling from are these. And then you ended up with this. Like, it's like if you start dropping the Glenn Bronca, if you start dropping the like, oh, I bef- it was way before our time. But like, I didn't realize you went on this many tours with Swans. Like when I watch the Swans documentary, it's like they talk about how much like, you know, the touring of them. And then you're like, you'd be like, OK, wait, what was Swans doing at that exact time? Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. That is insane. And then what was Sonic Youth doing? like it was just kind of like yeah yeah sonic youth it's like wait you're pulling from this really kind of like incredible stuff this really kind of like really pushing that envelope uh but you know really super interesting and heavy and odd uh way and then the end result is again pling pling it sounds like the it sounds like a callback to instrument yeah it ain't that far off sometimes (laughs) but yeah (laughs) But yeah, it's like, and weirdly, like the only, and I don't even know the name of it, the only Sonic Youth song I really, after all these years, have an affection for is something on the first EP that like breaks down into like this like single note kind of dark riff. And honestly, the only reason I uh, feel this affection for it is there was a period when we were uh, in our freshman dorm. And our old friend Kevin, we were just walking. Kevin was walking around with a video camera, just like walking into people's rooms. And he walked into this kid Damien's room, uh, Damien who passed away. But Damien was listening to Sonic Youth, and somehow the timing was perfect that it was like annoying Sonic Youth noisy part dropped down right into that part. And it was just like it's like all the audio got sucked out because the energy of Damien <laughs> got sucked out because. The reason I like this kid a lot, the first time I met him, I was like, he is the angriest guy I've ever met in my life. And he, like, gave a figure to the camera, and it matched perfectly with that riff. But that's the only thing I have affection for, like, I don't, because I, like, cause it translated into darkness, but it had nothing almost to even do with the band. Uh, uh, it, it, it gave the promise of the, 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 the darkness, the heaviness, the interestingness that maybe uh, Sonic Youth was always giving us this promise and then there are promise that's not lived up to you know we 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 maybe talked about some of it but there are like because it is uh tour footage what that means is you also get beyond thurston doing his thurston speak you get a lot of kind of backstage bits like you and it was just like immediately i was just like ugh. I wrote, "Oh no, Dave Grohl thinks he's the funny guy." <laughs> that was ter- that part was terrible too. But it was like the begin. It's like not knowing that when we were watching, when I was watching, when I was like, you know, in '93, that that would continue to kind of be one of my problems with Dave Grohl, as like you know, like he's like both charming and not as charming to me as he seems to be to everyone and that his comedy is like funnier than some of the people involved in this but is like also like not that far off of like uh pop punk bands thinking uh, you know 80s irony is like funny it's just like a type of humor that i'm just like okay it's not exactly my bag it might just lean towards annoying (laughs) Can we talk about that specifically? Like, sure. draw out like what that is. Like the, the the that it's like it's very early still. Like, but it's Dave Grohl. He's in the 
What, what would you call that room? The, yeah, the, the green, green room, room with like yeah, all the dressing room, green room, He's dressing room where the food. Go ahead. Yeah, go on. No, you go like, and he just basically there's a table of food, and he kind of just in a like a, f- I don't know what the voice is, but he basically just says he points to everything and says what everything is like. Here's cheese. I here's took a this. bite out of yeah, this. Yeah, he's using this. some accent. Yeah. My like guess is foreign fashion designer meets sprockets is yeah, what he's going like, yeah. for at the time. Yeah, like a ritzy, like yes. a ritzy. So what's the joke? I don't, I don't know which, what the joke. It also felt <laughs> well, but like, I, like the which is kind of a summary long. of Dave Grohl's humor, like a little bit. Like there's just like a little bit of like what is the joke besides he's charming? Like he's, what yeah, is he, the he's, game? He's what is if I was if I had to be my sketch teacher? A lot of times that's maybe the thing where I'm just like, he's a charming man, but is the, like, is the joke that he's charming? Is it, uh, it's hard for me to not to think about it, but there's a clip that goes around every couple months from studio 60 on the sunset strip where one of the actors is yelling at his parents and he's in the, cause they call what he does skits. And mm. he's just like, this is sketch <laughs> where some of the greatest comedic minds of the 20th century are putting their feet, uh, like the politician's feet to the fire. Skits are where the jocks at your school dress up as women and think that it's mirth or some crazy Sorkin oh, speech. Lovely. Yeah, It's something wild. But there is a little bit of like, does Grohl have a skit? aspect to him <laughs> versus a sketch aspect to him mm. and he gets away with it because he's charming but as you said what exactly is the joke there i don't exactly know like i mean maybe we missed the setup is what well, i the, can give him his credit for that's very kind the, of you the, the, i'm i try to be kinder <laughs> as i get older <laughs> the, the jocks dressing up in dresses skit thing you just mentioned actually like makes me think like helps me understand what might be going on here where it's just like they're this band right like you got i talked about it when we did the the um the kathleen hannah movie Mm -hmm. there's a book which i cannot remember the name of now i think it's girls up front maybe yeah um it was it was a book about the riot girl scene girls up front where it's a lot there's a lot in there about kurt cobain and dave grohl and then like the how they kind of were like we're gonna go for it like when like Bratmobile, you know, not Brat- when when Bikini Kill and Bratmobile mm-hmm. were like, no, we're gonna we're gonna do it this way. We're gonna go on tour Nation of Ulysses, hang out at the dis- you know, at Discord and everything. And they talk about this like conscious decision, and the way it kind of isolated them from the northwestern scene to go for it, right? And I'm thinking about that because it's like, where is Dave Grohl and where are they? And it comes up a few times because there's a couple scenes here that talk about food. Like, or where, like, Lee Ronaldo's eating, and it's, like, there's an awkwardness to it where it's just, like, Lee Ronaldo's, like, I love the food, you know? Right. And and Dave Grohl's making fun of it. It's, like, motherfucker, why are you making it? And then they throw the food. Like, him and Chris Novoselic make a mess. And it just real reads real fucked up. Like, someone's got to clean right. that shit up, you know? Like, you might have some weird issues with the fact that you have now kind of made it on some level. And the only way to deflect from that, the way is the way a high school bro who's unsure of his sexuality would deflect from it by doing like some cartoonish version of the opposite where like Dave Grohl doesn't want to be the like pampered 
with good reason, right? Like doesn't want to be the pampered like rock star. So how do you do it? You pretend that you, you're in on the joke rather than you are the joke where it's like, look, we got the cheese. Look, we got the this. Right. Look, that's like, no, you do have all that fucking shit. And it's what you wanted. So why are you acting this way about it? Could it be the most punk thing in the movie? Like the, the, the uncomfortableness <laughs> with, with your own success. With your own success. A hundred percent. It could be. Uh, in a weird way, I mean, we talked about this over text, but like it's on a completely different level. But there is that uncomfortableness. Like I, like I think I was talking to you about about some show that Panthers played at University of New Haven, but it was like a more of a punk show still, yeah. like a hardcore show, and the university filled Panthers Rider, which is something that literally would never happen. Like and so like we had like right. a full bottle of Maker's Mark and all this like food and all this stuff, and then they put a weird sign on there that was like. Nobody eat this but Panthers or nobody touch it. Like making it extra awkward when like, like, you know, again, we were basically playing like a orchid level show. And then we had to, like, there was an uncomfortableness. I remember being like, just, can you please eat these Tostitos <laughs> chips? So I don't feel weird that they're w somehow separating us. But also at the same time, as someone who I was just talking to about this said to me, when he was just like, no, you guys were the smart ones to ask for food. <laughs> like, it was a college. Mm -hmm. Like, why didn't we? But then you threw it like, on the floor. Like, and I threw it on the floor. Yeah, exactly. But I do think, like, that shows the youth mixed with the uh, punk uncomfortableness. And it shows that it's also that, you know, the, the change of the guard in their minds. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like they're not Nirvana yet. Like, they're, yeah. they're the Nirvana that are being almost given the favor to come along. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, and combined with, I'll give Dave Grohl, like, uh, Dave Grohl is charming, <coughs> but is on a, di like, Chris Novoselic, like, comes, or Chris Novoselic, however you want to say his various names <laughs> he's given himself over the years. But, like, he's, and I was like, I know this guy. I was like, he's the guy who takes the joke, like, a little too far. Like he's not even after sure. it's over, huh? Yeah, after when it's over, done. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like he's, he's like... the one who's like, oh, here's this bit I see Dave doing. I'm gonna join in, but somehow his translation is and the juice, <laughs> the juice. So he starts yeah. squeezing a box of juice all over the place. So it's like he starts the 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 kind of downfall into them making a mess. And then yeah, Dave right. is on yeah, camera, sure. and he just goes along with it a little bit. But, like... You can't be like, bro, yeah. what the fuck? Right. I was just <laughs> joking Chris around. taking right. it too far. <laughs> but it does feel like he's the guy who always... Like, there's a couple of... And, like, it's also that, like, I don't want to be completely a jerk, and this is just both that I'm snide and years of writing and, like, teaching comedy. But it's, like... He reads as the guy who can't hang with the bit. I mean, like, this when is you're the guy like, who threw. It would be like when you're at UC, when I would be at UCB and you'd like be like in the back room, in the green room at UCB, it would be like all of it. Like, it's just like, especially performers are just doing bits. And then someone would come in who's like not in that circle. And you're like, whoa, the energy got wrong. <laughs> like, you don't yeah. get how doing bits with people works. Because also, most normal people don't do bits. <laughs> like, it's something I realize as life what? goes on. I know, exactly. <laughs> like, I can only continue yeah, to stay friends with here. people. <laughs> I can only really stay friends with people who are able to do bits. Like, some people are just boring. Uh, I mean, like, Matt has this bit where he always has to be. <laughs> <laughs> 
in a bit. If, if he, he comes back as HBK. He better. He better. <laughs> but also, Novoselic is a guy who, you know, I mean, the, the, the sort of famous throwing the base and having no plan and getting it in the face. It's sort of like, did you really think right. about this? Like, you wanted to be part of the band. It's like, oh, I see this guy jumping through the drums, or that looks <laughs> right. fun. I, he slams his guitar. It's like, this dumbo throws his face like so high it's like what are you gonna do now <laughs> breaks his head but that's what it does it's like that is the logical extension of how he th- starts throwing juice everywhere <laughs> chris novice i do think going back to that thing uh i just i do think it might be the most punk thing in there it is just the 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 uncomfortableness i want to i want to tease that out a little bit because I, I i think that that might be the key here and it might be like the key that helps us understand like or frame what the movie <laughs> the 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 the, alter, the like 90s alternative movie being called the year punk broke like you said dave Grohl being uncomfortable um is the most punk thing in the movie now i th- if, if it was dave Grohl just being uncomfortable with the success i would agree but i think it's what dave Grohl shows in that scene is not just that he's uncomfortable but the way he responds to that discomfort is to deflect and try to make fun of the thing that he's actually experiencing where it's like, Oh, I feel like, um, this is not like, I'm not in scream anymore. Right. Right. Like I'm on a European tour with the fancy Brie. It's not just cheese. It's Brie. So I know that I've, I'm on a different echelon. And he took a bite of it already. He lets us know. Yeah. 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 And I I haven't, I'm not just uncomfortable. I'm so uncomfortable. I want to deflect that discomfort. I don't want to like deal with what that discomfort is. I don't want to, I don't want to deal with whatever this new relationship I have to music and professionalism and all this shit and major labels. So I'm going to pretend I'm this elevated version of the thing I'm afraid that I already am. Right. I'm going to be the sophisticated guy. And that kind of cartoonish, like, ironizing of the actual experience that he has isn't the most punk thing in the movie. The discomfort would be the most punk thing. But this other layer that he puts upon it makes it the most alternative thing in the movie. Right. Right? Like, I think, like, that might be the thing that distinguishes punk from alternative. I've never thought of it this way, right? But, like, the idea that punk... A successful punk is uncomfortable. Like a punk is going to be uncomfortable with any achievement success, right? Because it almost goes against the ethos, right? But then when you're not a punk or when you're not doing things in a punk way and you actually like, like, oh no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to burn through or blow through that like discomfort and I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to own up to it. I'm going to do some weird irony about the, you know, I'm going to ironize my success. That's alternative. Right. Like that's, that's, that's Thurston Moore, right? Like that's, and it's almost like you watch the movie and you're like, I was like thinking like a good screenplay could be made where you're basically just doing this movie. Um, you're like, you're rewriting this movie with a couple other scenes and ends in, and in ends like the last scene is like fast forward a couple years and it's Kurt Cobain's suicide because it's like, <laughs> it's a good, like, no, it's because it's like this movie is like, the and you know what he's before. watching on TV? Avril Lavigne's Skater oh, Boy. God. And it doesn't even make sense. It doesn't even make sense timeline. She's no. like not even born, I think. But no. he's watching. He's, he's, he's definitely watching the 100% video. And he's yes. like, I can't believe this shit. And he's eating a and, uh, Yeah. Yes. 
they weren't no, even like, into skateboarding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What have I become? Because no, that's true. Because it's like, like his whole I can't deal with the fame thing, right? Like he didn't want to live the ironized lifestyle. That yeah. like Sonic Youth is so easy. It's so easy for Sonic for Thurston Moore to slip into like irony. Well, it's one like of the whole thing, bit. Of I guess like, here's the thing: are is we like, punk anymore? Right. It's like I I both. Uh, I both personally can watch it now with some empathy because I I can recognize those growing pains. I can recognize, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and went through those to some extent. And at the same time, and maybe I'm sure there are people out there who can maybe give me some examples of like, you're talking shit, Jeff. You did the equivalent of Chris Novoselic, like squeezing juice everywhere. We all have. Uh, Right. (laughs) But it's like it. There's a little bit, and maybe that's also the punk thing of like, you know, uh, butchering the Kurt Vonnegut quote of just like, be careful of, you know, uh, uh, be careful of who you pretend to be because that's who you are. Like, whatever that is. Like, and so it's like, y- you know, I, unless we would find out, and maybe we would, that there's like footage cut right after that where they both were like, eesh, we really made a mess. Uh, let's go get paper towels or something <laughs> like we kind of were just like doing some Aerosmith shit here. Um, yeah. But like in my exactly mind, so. I like to think like uh, with those growing pain on my end. And I don't know. I, I cannot understand. They were probably even already beginning to have the beginning of that trajectory. I can't understand that level, but I, at least for me, there always was in the back of my head any every moment of Panther still. I've said it before, that Palaka song that just like, and I hate rock and roll. Like where it'd be like, I like rock music. I just don't like rock and roll. Like I like, like, I like big riffs. I just yeah. don't like that attitude. Um, uh, but yeah, like I, I think it's like, uh, it's just, it's, it's again, one of those interesting things to watch now seeing what became like it's like it's like oh he's gonna become the the rock star of the generation like in a weird way for for uh uh, dave Grohl. he gets comfortable with yeah yeah i mean i'm also seeing here if we're on on uh comedy and we've kind of gotten into this but it's just like there was a section where he's talking about it's an arm holding a baby apple worst i feel like eating a pig's head there's some section Mm. where he's just on another rant there's just so many like thurston rants but like that was where i was like the problem with one of the many problems with his comedy is and we've uh, it's just he repeats things just like he doesn't understand the he doesn't understand the fact that like repeating things you can use as a tool to be annoying I think he just th- like it's like he repeats things one too many times, but not with the concept of he's punishing his audience, which is to be a comedic tool. Like it's just more of like always like, all right, man. Like you, you kind of like you can even hear the people around him. It's like you did it one or two times too many, and now they're tired of the bit. Like even yeah. if it's the dog talking, <laughs> it's like yes. I want to see Thurston. I want to see Sonic Youth. Yes. Sonic Youth is playing. Yes. Sonic Youth. It's like, all right, we did it. We did the dog talking about Sonic Youth bit. If I had to give you a sketch teacher note, again, cut it. Like you, 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 we, you overused it for me. I mean, I was, I was uh, cringing for a little while just with how long that went right then. Exactly. Yeah. 
exactly. But, but you, you gotta, think that he you gotta is, remember you think all the stuff he's saying he thinks is funny, or is he out there, or is it both? I oh, think he thinks he's funny. funny. I don't think I don't think he's got a legitimately bizarre like there was this, body. But part of the stuff I don't even know what he's talking about. So I don't know if it's the same scene you were just referencing, Jeff. But there's one I was I wrote down like many quotes that he said because I didn't know what he's getting at. Where he said, "Let's hear him." Ninety-one is the year that punk broke through to mass consciousness of global society. Modern punk is featured in Elle magazine. Motley Crue singing "Anarchy in the UK" in a European stadium in front of a hundred thousand screaming people. The most sickingly candy-ass version of it, but it's a song, and you read an interview with John Lydon, and he doesn't give a fuck. To him, it's a LARF. I was just like, what? Are you... like?" I think that's, and is that's he describing their own music in that? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I mean, I think Motley yeah. Crue did play. And I think that's like, there's no joke there. There's, yeah. there's no bit there. He's just like... Yeah, that's just him just just sell, telling you what happened. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I... But, I I mean, I do think, you know, we kind of, I don't know if we mentioned it, but they, like I said, I just think, like, it's not just us. I think that was part of it watching this. Like, I do think, <laughs> like, they all like him. They all being everyone involved in this, but also are, like, aware he's Thurston. Like, the section when the roadie or whoever it is is talking about Thurstonitis. And it's like, oh, it's something that we all catch. And it's like you lose your mind. You wear your baseball cap back <laughs> and you're deaf and looking for record stores. And then they keep cutting to the footage, which is funny, of him just like aimlessly wandering yeah. around, maybe kind of asking somebody in Germany where the record store is. And like pretending but, to understand them. <laughs> yes. But that's where I was like, everyone knows he's annoying. <laughs> like, But they also got to kind of put up with his shit. Like uh, – yeah, uh, Steve Shelley sticking his head out, or Lee Ronaldo sticking his head out behind him when he's <laughs> shirtless is the funniest yes. part of the movie to me. <laughs> but there's the they, they humor him, but then like so in that theme, it feels like they're humoring with, him. Yes. Yeah, in the Thurstonitis thing, they make this joke about him with his back baseball mm-hmm. hat on backwards, yeah. and like my initial reaction to like, but the first image that popped into my head was Steve Buscemi from 30 rock on that one. Yes. Cause he's already like 35 years old yeah. and he's like, hello young kids yeah. or whatever it is. And, and then later in the movie, Lee Ronaldo has his head on backwards at some point. Did you no. notice that? And I'm like, what the fuck with, is going on? Is he here? messing with him? He's just trying to. No, be again, I mean, yeah, I want to give like again benefit. I try to give some benefit of the debt where I'm just like long tours. If I'm wearing a hat, it's gonna go on backwards eventually, and I'm gonna start <laughs> acting like a jerk. <laughs> like, like that's when Christy knows I'm getting tired on a walk or something. <laughs> I, so when I start wearing it, like I'm in a 311 <laughs> fucking cover band. <laughs> Whoa. Um, I uh Nardcore brother. Is one of the few times where I wanted the normally in documentaries like this, I don't I want less music. This I wanted to get to the next music so it was less of these middle parts because it was just Ouch. They they were not good. But he says the most random things like and Yeah, I fast forwarded through a lot well, of Well yeah, music, that so. too. I mean I did fall asleep, I will say. I woke up and I was like, oh, I'm at the end of this. But i pretty sure I was only at like the first Dinosaur Jr. song when I passed out. Um, you fell asleep during a Dinosaur Jr. song? No, no, after, song? They wow. finished, after they finished. They had just hit the last note. I was wondering why Jay Maskus so wait, what, was wearing that outfit. 
Um, <laughs> what else? What else did you wear? Where? Oh, Whoa, where? that's a little <laughs> bit forward there, Matt. Um, <laughs> like, there's one part where he's walking. He's walking through wherever to sound check, and he says, he says something like, "Do you, do you kids know who we are? Our audience is expanding. My mind is turning into a fine gelatinous ball of pepper. I have to sound check." I was like, "What are you talking? Like, what are you talking about? It's just exhausting. You're just." It's exhausting, but it's he he's obsessed with them getting bigger, and then he's second guessing himself for being a, like a tool for for being obsessed with the fact that they're he's as the camera is following him around, he's thinking this is our movie on a major label, right? Like he's thinking this, so he doesn't want to let on that he's thinking it so much. So he's like, my brain is turning to jelly. Like that's it. Like yeah. it's it's like the little overcompensation. Yeah, well, it's just so much attention yeah, seeking though. It's like. He's just yeah. always talking at the camera, like yelling at the camera, saying random things. It's you don't think this tour was a dare, <laughs> a yeah, dare, to capitalist <laughs> dare to the music the industry, dare to Reagan, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, no longer president by yes, the way. Yes, FYI, just want to let you know we're not worried about him anymore right now. But uh, can I say my bold statement? That maybe it's not that yeah. bold. I've got to come up with a bold one. Matt already said one. I got another, another one. one. Okay, Jeff, go for it. Mine's not as bold I, as Matt's, but I was like, this time around, I was like, and I've been thinking this lately where I need to like maybe revisit them. But I was like, is Babes in Toyland the best band on this? And besides I Nirvana. think, besides Nirvana, but like, I think the thing with Babes in Toyland is, uh, when around this time i was like i would hear more and i think this is the fault of it of of uh you know growing up ex- exactly then like i would hear more about the cat bejland like courtney love feud and like disputes mm. over who did the baby doll dress with barrette look first and who didn't and uh it's only in the past couple of years when I've been like going back in and watching this footage where I was like, Oh, they're also kind of like an AMREP band. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, they are, they're the heaviest band. Mm -hmm. Like they are very, very good at creating the, uh, kind of heavy squall that in theory, I think Sonic youth should be doing. And I'm, I'm very impressed with her, uh, brutal voice do you have any hot take pete i got no hot take did I mean, you ever own that purple dinosaur shirt i did not but i have I thought you about did still wanting to purchase it you should this is the age know, for nostalgia buying but i just never we're at that perfect age it's one of those things <laughs> it's like i, I did put not it own in the it. cart and i'm like do i need this i think about it too much and then i don't buy it you've both been there you know <laughs> Just don't do oh, it. Oh my god! Yeah. Every single day exactly. of my life, it's like gonna put eight shirts. <laughs> I once had an entire therapy session talking <laughs> about why did I buy the dead guy Death to False Metal hoodie <laughs> with the gigantic pentagram on the front because I was like, I'm in my late 30s and I'm on the subway of New York wearing this. I just feel awkward, and then I got over it. I clearly was in a mood that day. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "This is what we're talking about." I mean, I don't know that. I don't know that that would put this in the upper echelon of great documentaries. I know it's it's but always it on, on the, the list. list. And maybe, you know, to Matt's point, like, 
well, I think to both your points, like there are a lot of great um, choices the director made. So yep. look wise, it's there, but content wise, isn't that what you say? Why do you say that to women on the on the tee all What's the time? That? Look wise, it's there. <laughs> <laughs> look wise, it's there. <laughs> Cake. <laughs> look wise, it's there. So on Doc Still Death, we have a rating system. It's a rating system that is four-tiered, and we change it every single week depending on what? Yeah, can you believe every that? Every single week? Every single week I do it, even every if we're not week, recording. Every single week, every single week, week. And we change it according to uh, uh we have it on a scale of this movie is as punk as, and then something referencing the movie we watched, and then we always have our fourth selection, which is, as always, and maybe be the most uh, apropos for any of these, is this movie as punk as Dave Grohl? Oh. Jeff, you really do that really, really well. Our options for this evening, also early this morning, is is this movie as punk as Thurstonitis? Is this movie as punk as Thur- Thurston's spoken word poetry diarrhea is this movie as punk as thurston's sausage pontification or is this movie as punk as dave Grohl? matt let me go for okay i'll go first yeah kick it off okay so i'm gonna so three three thurston options this movie is punk as but i'm actually gonna go with the uh non-thurston option i'm gonna say this movie is as punk as dave Grohl, and i'm gonna say this movie this movie is as punk as Dave Grohl today. Um, and because Dave Grohl is the, uh, you know, he's the definitive rock and roll figure in American culture today. He is, um, for some reason, people still consider him an alternative rock musician, even though he is, again, like the biggest American rock musician. So um, I think this movie, Jeff was just talking a few minutes ago about this movie hitting because it was like this kind of like it just it was at the right time at the right place i like the movie i like i think the movie is well made um i don't like the peep i don't like the thirst and heaviness of it i don't like sonic youth that's been established um it is called the year that punk broke but i don't think this is a punk movie i think this is in the ways that we've already talked about the the thing that the thing that jeff was talking alluding to a few minutes ago was the transition from punk's and, and kind of like legitimate like DIY or like a, like a DIY network to like the major label alternative rock thing. And it has a lot of like irony involved in it. Um, so this isn't a punk movie. This is like an alternative movie. This is the this is like a certain version of the birth of like what alternative rock is. And in that way, there's no better representation of that than Dave Grohl, who actually performs alternative rockness early in this movie with his deflection and of uh of being a successful musician but man can he hit those skins oh brother Woo. he's good all right i'm tired i mean like i maybe mean, i don't know like i was no, tired no, i said that you. but like, i'm tired we go. Like, i don't even know where <laughs> well, i was going i don't know like i'm so tired i, I had like at least four carrot dogs before i got on can Jeff, i rate go next yes okay can i can i can i finish so can I rate? Can I can I rate? Can I rate? That's the new Degnester record. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> can, can I rate? I rate? 
I say my head. Uh, so, another overrated band. So, can I rate this? Well, we, of course, have three Thurston options because this is an unbelievably Thurston-heavy movie. If you want Thurston more, you ain't getting more than you're getting in this wow. freaking VHS. Oh, boy. You like that? If you're thirsting ah, for some more. <laughs> <laughs> Pete just punched it up. He gave me an alt, and it worked better. So, but I don't want to give this guy more fucking credit. He got enough screen time. This movie has got to be as punk as Dave Grohl. Oh, my It has got oh, to be as punk as Dave Grohl. And I do think it is because what this is is – uh, uh, it ends up kind of being, even because it hit at a specific time, uh, confused on if even the title is ironic or not. <laughs> like, when I first got it, I was yeah. like, wait, this isn't punk. This is mostly yeah. Sonic Youth. This isn't really what I thought it was going to be. Punk. <laughs> <And> I think <laughs> the moment that we talked about for a while of of Dave and Chris uh, getting fucking juice everywhere and doing a skit like the jocks wearing a wearing a dress and thinking that's the height of comedy or you could say dave Grohl in one of those that video that was where they're on an airplane and it's very funny to everyone that he dresses like a little girl uh (laughs) and we constantly ruin our text thread by sending that gift to each other or at least i do but that's one of your favorites it is one of my favorites because i think it's so annoying but uh i just think that moment kind of sums up what this movie is it's just like that that uncomfortableness with who you are that uncomfortableness with the change of what your life is and not really uh, uh kind of handling it in any way that makes it palatable to me and beyond that as we said it looks great and does deliver to us most of the iconic imagery of that era of music but leaves me feeling awkward in the nicest ways i could say it uh for sure it's as punk as dave grohl so let's have pete now rate this and break this the smart streak we got here what you got there pete a lot of pressure guys when both of you come out strong with dave grohl but i'm not going that way i just can't do it uh, i'm sorry he's too tired he's too tired I, he's I gotta might, get i up. might be too tired i might be too tired <laughs> i don't know if this answer will make any sense but here we go chocolate i'm gonna cake. say i'm gonna say there's chocolate <laughs> there's also honey glazed um I'm going to say this movie is as punk as Thurston's spoken word poetry diarrhea. Okay. I'm going there while I like the Dave Grohl angle. I th- For me, this documentary, I think people think, and maybe at one point in my life, I felt like spoken word poetry was cool, smart, makes sense. Loved King Missile we, and Maggie Estep. We we recently had a you know national poet laureate who who spoke at the uh, inauguration. That, that was the poet laureate Junior. Junior, sorry, or, not Junior or like no disrespect. Yeah. So I think in theory, 
it seems like a good idea. In theory, much like poetry. Much like poetry. <laughs> but at the end of wow, but it, but then when you peel back I got to get one more bold statement in. Sorry. <laughs> I know I got really, an extra one with Dag Nasty, but go on. Sorry, Peter. When cutting you, you off. look at this film, do you know what you're I left for my learning? <laughs> you are left with a lot of Thurston Moore. You're left with a lot of band footage that's not that great. And it's not as good as it's set out to be. And so that for me felt like, while well, at the outset, I don't think I was excited about this film because I think Jeff had already talked it up um, in all the, the, the talking we've done about Thurston Moore. But then as I watched it, it was just, it was like diarrhea. You couldn't get away from Thurston Moore. And I wanted to get to the live footage to get away from him. And it just, it didn't work for me. A dance. So, a on. dance. Oh. A sucky fucky dance. <laughs> Based on, but I, I, I kind of understand your, your take, Peter. You're not allowed one. to challenge me on my rating. No, but I'm just curious. It's, really not about your, it's not about your rating. Um, but I want you to take it back. It's about poetry. <laughs> No, it's you said it's like diarrhea. I can't get away from it, and I just wanted to like touch base with you. Are you all right, you, buddy? See if you're doing okay. Listen, I'm living in a COVID world over here. That is true. That is true. Maybe he's well. There hasn't been a lot truth. of diarrhea, to my knowledge. You know, I'm like a fine gelatinous ball of pepper. Nice, nice. 1991, the year punk broke. What a wow, movie. we've done it. We now, did it. moving to even more important things, it is a Jeff pick this week. And earlier in the week, Jeff sent it's us a Jeff this, Jam. A Jeff Jam. Got a Jeff Jam uh, coming. There is a band called Metallica. Yes! And yes, I in my mind, <laughs> here's what I want. One, I don't know where exactly how we're going to you know keep going. We might be close to the end of this season, or we'll see how our lives are going, but... <laughs> There is a movie called Metallica, Some Kind of Monster, <laughs> that is, a, they are a band that is very influential <laughs> to punk bands, but also, in my mind, is like a quintessential, you end up watching it when you're on tour. <laughs> you end up watching it, and va- like, it, it, so, and it is also, uh, I have a little bit on my mind as I've been watching the Get Back documentary, but yes, I would personally like to watch the Metallica Some Kind of Monster doc. Do we agree to this? Could we do this? I'm in. Yeah. Okay, Why great. Not? I was just, I want, but I want to, I, in my mind also, again, there is a piece that it's like, not that we're going so far out of our realm, but like that we, you know, it's not punk or hardcore, but it is adjacent. And what, yeah. When we talk about them, we have to, we can only talk about their Misfits covers. <laughs> Yes, an anti nowhere league. Yeah, okay. uh, songs. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally, that's all we can do. Uh, yeah, like everything else gets. Yeah, you know, yeah, nothing. Uh, so it'll be a short little quickie. No, we can talk about them as people. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And the movie, but if we want to talk about their songs, we can only talk about the Misfits covers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rule, yeah rules are rules. <laughs> so yeah, I'm glad you agree. I want. I'm doing. Uh, I'm choosing some kind of monster. All right, fantastic. We're doing some kind of monster next uh, full episode, uh, but. Until then, I'm Jeff Garlock, Up the Punks. I'm Pete Zetlin. 
Boo in the heather. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> if I can get that response every week, I know that I've done a good job. <laughs> it sucked. Um, <laughs> I'm Matt. And how do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> what? Oh, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> how do you do, fellow kids? That's uh, Steve Buscemi from uh, 30 Rock. Right, there we go. <laughs> now we're getting... I love it. <laughs>